Merry Christmas, and welcome to a special Christmas episode of the 343 Ministries Podcast. I'm Todd Baker, your host, and Merry Christmas to you and your loved ones from our family to yours. During the Christmas and holiday season, it is so easy to go from one event to the next without stopping to reflect and allow your heart, mind, and body to catch up with your schedule. That's the problem we're going to look at today. And the solution is simple. It's to learn to remain in the light. Not just on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, but every day and every evening. So simply put, here's the problem we all struggle with. Busyness. And the solution is stillness. What I want you to do is to think about your favorite Christmas movie. This year, and for a few years now, for me, it's been the Polar Express. And there's just something magical about believing, isn't there? There's something magical that the movie brings out of us to say, I can believe, I want to believe, I'm willing to believe. It just reflects those words that Jesus would question people with and say, what can I do for you? And he was, he was trying to help them to believe in God, either for the first time or again. And my favorite part about that movie is actually the very end, when the boy gets the bell, because he can't hear it. He's, he's struggling with his belief. He's struggling with doubt. He doesn't know if he believes in Santa Claus anymore. And all of a sudden, there's this bell that flies off the sleigh. It lands on the ground. He reaches down and he picks it up. And and all of us have that moment of being a child in our hearts, in our minds. It's that moment where we, we close our eyes and he closes his eyes. I believe. I believe. That's the moment where God has you today and tonight. I think the reminder is that he wants us to be in that moment every day and every night. And so it's about seeking stillness this Christmas, not busyness. Hopefully the busyness is done for you. Hopefully the shopping is done. If not, you're just going to have to write a note to somebody and say, sorry, it'll come next week, right? Now, I want to clarify, stillness is not sleeping. It's not unconscious behavior. Stillness is intentional engagement in the moment without giving in to the myriad of thoughts and lists that burden your heart, mind, and body. Imagine you're, you're in a moment with someone. You're trying to engage. You're having a conversation. You're, you're playing with your child. And you just have a distant thought that takes you away from that moment, and it distracts you. That's what stillness is, and that's what God wants to give us. In fact, he, he offers this 
through David in Psalm 46.10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. He gives us his, his name there, that I am, I am Yahweh, the, the great I am. And just know that that's who I am. And in knowing me, you can know my stillness, which is not void of life or love. It's actually full of life and full of love, but it's not distracted by all those other things. All the things that carry us away from the moment are not in God. And it's similar to when John begins his gospel in John 1, 1 to 3, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God. In the beginning, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. That life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Now, John is using the idea of light and darkness playing against each other. To show that there's this knowledge and understanding that only comes from the light. And in this case, God's light. And there's this darkness that has an understanding and knowledge. And that's the world. And there is void in the darkness. But there's life in the light. And so the encouragement is that as we remain in that light, in that understanding, in that knowledge of God, in the presence of his newborn son, Jesus Christ, who offers that light to us because he was with God in the beginning. Jesus was not born only on Christmas Day. He's existed forever. That's this idea of the pre-existence of Christ. That, that he is the second person in the Trinity, that, that he was there before creation. And John speaks to that by saying, the word was with God. Because if Jesus was the word, then he was with God in the beginning. And there's that sense that if God was there in the beginning, then he knows all things. Not just some things, not just the experiences of being a human, but he is God himself. And in John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He had a choice, and the choice was, I'm going to become like them. I'm not going to not be God anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be both. And so when the baby is born in the manger, the baby Jesus come as the God-man to rescue us from the darkness, to give us his light. And that light was the light of men. There's this life that God wants you to have and to experience at Christmas, and it comes in that still, soft, sweet moment. Away from Jerusalem, imagine the scene. 
There's a lot of people around other places, but in this place, they're in the inn, out in the shepherd's field. And there's no room for them with other people. They're around animals. And there's this stillness that's created in the story. Now, how do you remain in the light? How do you remain in the light? That's what I want to talk about next. And John goes into detail about this in the 15th chapter. And he quotes Jesus. And, and there's this, this moment where there, this is in the upper room. Okay, Jesus is preparing for his, for his death. And he's trying to essentially download all this information to the disciples. And, and John meticulously records it. And it starts off in verse 1 that says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so it's an interesting use of the word remain, which means to abide or to dwell in or to live. And it's it's not a moment of movement. It's actually a moment of being still, a moment of, of staying in one place. Now, it's not idleness. As I said before, it's, it's this intentional engagement with the moment. And that's where God has you today, because at Christmas time, this is the time where we're, we're reminded, oh, wait, I have to be still for a minute if I'm in a service, or if I'm lighting a candle, uh, or, or if I'm watching someone open their present. There, there's, a, there's this fantastic magical moment that we get only at Christmas time. It doesn't happen in other times during the year. As a, as a global church, does it? But there's, that's why it's so special to go to a service, to go to a place where you can pause. And it doesn't have to be with thousands of people. It could just be in your home lighting a candle and being still. But it's about intentionally saying, I'm going to have this moment to engage with the living God and to remember that he came. And that's what Jesus, John is saying that Jesus said, remain in me. He's using farm language and farming to talk about the vine, which are grapes. And, and typically in the Old Testament, The vine, Israel was seen as the vine. And here, Jesus is saying, I'm the true vine. I'm the fulfillment of Israel. I'm the Messiah. I've already said it. I've said it in many different ways. In the book of John alone, Jesus says the I am statement 11 times, which is saying, I am God. I am the one who came to Moses at the burning bush. I am who I am. And I am connecting myself to that person who is God, right? And so he's saying, I'm the fulfillment. 
In fact, I am the source of all vitality, all productivity, because I'm comparing myself here, again, in this I am statement, to a vine. The vine would produce the grapes that then, then would be part of the celebration of the wedding or, or the event or the meal. And it was so important to those who were part of the meal in Israel to enjoy that fruit. And at the end of the season in the harvest, when they would harvest the grapes, that there was this enjoyment. There was this joy, this like we experience at Christmas, this magic. And Jesus said there's a barrier to that magic happening. And, and because there are some, some branches in the vine that need tending, that need lifting up. The word cut there could be translated lift up or to specially support so that the, the branches that do produce fruit could be more fruitful and there would be more grapes that would come at the harvest time. And so the gardener is the one who lifts it up and he's saying, my father, the first person in the Trinity is that person. He wants to do that in you. There are things that distract us, that keep us from stillness. You, you have a number of things on your mind, even at this moment. Ask God to help you push them away just for tonight. Okay, let's use this as a moment to, to learn that today because that's part of the process. If we don't learn how to ask God for help and to engage with Him intentionally on this night, how difficult is it throughout the year? To actually do that. And so what I want to encourage you to do is just to begin practicing that today. When it's easy. Not when it's hard. And so Jesus is saying, my father is the one who wants to lift up those branches that are broken, that are not bearing fruit in your life. And that are distracting you from knowing me. And understanding my knowledge. And being in my light. I want to help remove them. Because he says, he's saying, look, because he's talking to the disciples, he says, you're already clean. You already believe in me. This is the process of discipleship. This is the process of learning from me. It's, it's almost a reminder when Jesus said before in Matthew, he said, he said to the disciples, learn from me. Because I am gentle, humble, and hard. I'm not all over the place. I am right here with you, is what he was saying to the disciples. And he's saying that to us in this moment. I am the true vine still. I haven't changed. And I'm here to help every branch in you to bear fruit. So that you can experience that joy. Because fruit, fruit is this outside thing in a plant, isn't it? It's it's this it's the external thing that we see when a grapevine grows and produces its fruit. Meredith and I were fortunate enough to go to Italy and we stopped along the side of the road and there was this vineyard and no one was around at all. We're just out in the country and we walked up, and we got this picture and we were able to zoom in and there were these tiny grapes that had just started 
to blossom. And we got this picture of it, and, and I'll never forget that it was these thousands of clusters of tiny grapes. And we, we think of a full vineyard and the vine and, and the grapes kind of falling off. But there was this moment of growth and development that still had to happen for those grapes to come into their fullness before they could be picked, before they could be turned into wine, before they could be really enjoyed. And it was about, Jesus was saying, look, that's what I'm saying. It's about remaining in me. It's not being too, too hurried with your life and moving too fast. I want you to embrace this stillness as hard and challenging as it is in our world. Because it is. Everyone is busy. No one practices stillness in our world. Because if we're not talking about something, we're jumping on a screen, or we're on our laptop, or we're running off to school. There are so many things that have to fill up our schedule, we think. But when is the time? that we have this stillness and that we put in stillness into our schedule. It has to be a plan. It doesn't just happen. And Jesus said, I want to cultivate you. And I think he's saying that to all of us this year. I want to cultivate you inside of me so that your external fruit, the things that people see, the good deeds that you do, People will benefit from those things, and it will show evidence of this inner working of the Spirit of God in you, because that's what God wants to do. He wants to help you to be changed into his likeness, to conform to the likeness of Jesus Christ, as Paul says in Romans 8, that that's the goal, is that we would become more like him every day. In, in what we say, in how we look at people, how we look at ourselves, how we treat one another, how we speak, and how we act. That we might be a reflection of the Son of God who came into this world as a baby to save us. And not just to save us from this dark world, but to save us actually from ourselves and from the sin that keeps us selfish. It keeps us from loving others. And he goes into that as this, this story moves on, as Jesus is, is using this vine image and saying, remain in me, stop, remain in me. He says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. That's the promise. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Because it doesn't have any life. It doesn't have a, a connection back to the source of life. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Now that that's just how people clean up a vineyard. It really has no bearing on. He's talking to the disciples, so he's not talking about 
um, eternal death or something like that, or separation from God. He's just saying, look, there are some things in you that God is wanting to clean up because you're following him. You believe in him. The bell is ringing. You can hear him. Even if it's a distant echo, he has never left you, never forsaken you. He will never do that. Once you believe in Jesus as the Son of God, he is with you. He does not abandon you. Instead, he's saying, I want to help you. And if you remain, in verse 7, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. My Father's purpose is that you and I bear fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So that the world and, and that the people in your circle, that they would see his love in you. They would experience that love from God through you to them. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And so he gives context to this remaining is that don't just remain and sit there. There's this, there's this power in love that we can remain in God's love and that it can influence us from the inside out. That his love is not meant to just stay inside of us, that it's meant to show itself. Just as fruit from the vine shows itself, just as light in the darkness reveals something. It reveals this goodness that God wanted our world to be created, that he intentionally, in the stillness at the beginning, spoke everything into existence, and that his light came for us to remain in that light and to, and to allow that light to push back the darkness of, so that we could understand him more fully. If, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have remained in my Father's command and remain in his love. But it's practice. So Jesus is saying, look, I've showed you things to practice. It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. It's about being the good Samaritan. Um, it's about someone who comes alongside someone else to say, hey, I'm here. I haven't left. I'm, I'm right here beside you, and I want to help. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like, Jesus is saying it's about engagement. And then he says in verse 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, he wants us to experience his joy. That's what the vineyard helps us to see, that there's this celebration coming. But it doesn't have to be at the end of time only. It can be here and now, in this moment, in this magical Christmas Eve 2023. You can have that joy. You can experience that joy right now with God. The door is open. It's not about knocking anymore. He's here. He's present with you and me. And Jesus finishes and says, my command is this, 
love each other as I have loved you. That's the starting point. Now, what that looks like in every situation is different. But it's about letting the love of God change you and, and your heart to release all of the bitterness and anger and disappointment and sorrow and grief just for a moment from this year. Just let that stuff go. And allow the love of God to refill you, to soften it, to, to make it more malleable, pliable. More of, of the you that he wants you to be, which is like him, loving, without conditions, without strings, pure, true love that only comes from the God of all creation, the living God, and that his son Jesus came to show up by being born into this world. And Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. The world outside of here, the world outside of this moment, the world outside of Christmas is selfish and it thinks of self alone. It's driven by self and selfish motives alone. And it's hard and it's prickly and it's dark. But within the light, in the stillness of the light of the Son of God, it is not about self alone. It's about laying down self, laying down our lives, sacrificing for someone else. It's a new perspective on life. And in that stillness, that's why we have to be still to remember, to remember that, that God wants us to to be changed on the inside so we can help others on the outside. And that's so, so he, in any moment, one person can be influenced by you and their life might be changed forever. We have that hope in the gospel, in the good news that Jesus Christ came to save us, again, not just from the world, but from the sin that's in the world and the selfishness that's within us. He wants to save us from that. And he offers that just by believing. It's not about doing things. It's not about doing one good thing because we can't do enough good to pay for the sin. Jesus paid for it. He was the ransom that he gave his life as a living sacrifice for us. And that he's calling us as disciples to do that, to go into our world with this new perspective, this perspective of stillness and remaining in his light so that it shines truly out of us, not in hypocrisy, not in falsehood, but in genuine love 
and genuine care for others. Because the world doesn't do that. Underneath it, there's always a selfish motive. But within the light of God and the love of God, it is a pure motive of loving someone, not to gain anything, but to truly help them to benefit and, and, and to be productive and to be full again, to grow in his goodness. And Jesus says, you're my friend. You're my friend, and I love you. He says, if you do what I command, all the things I've shown you to do. See, he, and he says, he follows that, and he says, I no longer call you servants. You've called me master and teacher and Lord. But he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. See, Jesus was about to turn over this business of helping people to know God to these 11 men, to, 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 to show them, look, there is this purpose that you are taking out into the world. And he clarifies again, he says, instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have now made known to you. Full disclosure, I've given you all of the knowledge and understanding that the light of God has to give. I've given it to you personally. I've come and I've called each of you individually to me to follow me. And that's the same thing he's doing for us today. Don't miss that. We follow God and when he calls us. And we keep following him. And there's a point where he asks us, do you believe in me? And when we say yes, he says, wonderful, come. I have even more to show you, even more to give you, even more light to shine through you because I have called you to myself to remain in me, to be your friend. When you feel you have no friend, when you feel alone in this world, remember, I am always your friend. I have never left. I am right here. Not only beside you, but inside you. That we are connected and that you are still connected. To me, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask. For this is my command. Love each other. Love each other. And in the stillness, the stillness of the light of God, where we can remain and we are invited to remain this Christmas. That is where God's love is for you and for those that you know in your life. How can you go from this place practicing that, being still in his presence so that his love and his light will shine in your world through you to others?
each of us has a different goal in mind for that to play out. God has something special He wants to use you to do this year. But it's about remembering to be still and to wait and to push back the distractions, no matter how, how good they seem, to really know the things that He has for you this year. And when we can learn to do that, when we can practice each day, whether it's in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, what is your time? That's my question really for you. What is the time that you can set aside to be still, to be influenced, and to remain in his light? My devotional this year was all about that. It was all about light. That, that there is this special light that wants to change us, and it's, it's Jesus Christ. It's the Son of the living God. And this is the story that we hear at Christmas about him. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they 
had been told. This Christmas, embrace that moment of stillness right now. Don't move past it. Allow it to be there. Allow God to meet you there. Push back any busy thought. Ask for his help to do that and begin practicing that today, tomorrow, and the next day, and the next. And Watch and see how your perspective, your life, your heart, your mind, your body will begin to change and become more aligned with the Son of God who came that night in the stillness and in the quiet to bring his light to you. Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We're thankful for you, for subscribing, for sharing with friends, for listening, and for joining us today. We're hoping that this is encouraging you to connect with those around you in your circle, to show them the love of God, and it's helping you to experience that strength and that confidence that God wants for you in your life. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of our community. Hope to see you soon.